Hi everyone, David Harris here for Criminal Injustice with a news bonus, a brand new U.S. Supreme Court decision on non-unanimous jury verdicts. The case is called Ramos versus Louisiana. It was decided Monday, April 20th. And in that case, uh, a criminal defendant from Louisiana challenged a decades-old Supreme Court precedent that allowed states to have verdicts of guilty in criminal cases, but not unanimously. You could have a guilty verdict by a vote of 10 to 2 or 11 to 1. Now, this may sound odd to many of you, and for good reason. The Sixth Amendment right to trial by jury has been guaranteed in the Constitution. That applies federally and, of course, to the states as well. Also, along with that, the Supreme Court has long said that in the federal system, that verdict must be unanimous on the criminal side. It was never the rule, however, that the verdict had to be unanimous in a state criminal trial. In a 1972 case called Apodaca versus Oregon, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in a fractured set of opinions that states could allow a guilty verdict in a criminal trial by a less than unanimous verdict. Uh, it could be 10 to 2. It could be 11 to 1, but it would still count. That, of course, would make guilty verdicts easier to get and would, in some cases, lead to a greater number of wrongful convictions. And it would lead to a greater number of cases in which uh, uh, extraneous influences, let's just say, might play a role. More about that in a minute. So the non-unanimous verdict rule for states has stood since 1972 when it was last challenged, but only two states used it. Louisiana, and Oregon. All 48 other states required a, a unanimous jury verdict in every criminal case. 48 states, two dissenting. But it was okay with the U.S. Supreme Court until Monday. On Monday, Justice Gorsuch, for a divided but still majority opinion in the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, said that this had been a mistaken decision, that is, Apodaca versus Oregon, and the correct rule was always to require that a verdict in a criminal case be unanimous, that that old case of Apodaca was a mistake and it had to be thrown out. Now, interestingly, the state of Louisiana had voted by referendum just last year in 2019 to get rid of its own non-unanimous verdict provision, to throw it out. Oregon kept its provision that allowed it to do so. So Oregon kind of stood alone before the Supreme Court. And in fact, the Attorney General of Oregon was left to be the one defending this provision. The U.S. Supreme Court said the time had come for a full application of the Sixth Amendment right to trial by jury, including the right to a unanimous verdict, a full application in that it should apply to every state in the Union. Uh, Oregon and Louisiana could no longer be exceptions. Um, the basis for these provisions in history uh, in state 
history, that is, was clear. And Justice Gorsuch quoted from some of it from the state of Louisiana. It was very clear that in the state of Louisiana, the whole reason for non-unanimous verdicts, as discussed uh, at the end of the 19th century and into the 20th by state lawmakers there, was to maintain white supremacy. No joke. It's right out in the open in the record. When the U.S. Senate announced uh, uh, a resolution calling for an investigation of Louisiana for trying to keep African Americans off juries altogether, instead the state adopted the non-unanimous jury verdict rule. Uh, Because that would mean that if there were one or two blacks who got onto a jury, their votes might be meaningless. They could be ignored. In Oregon, this same rule was adopted in the 30s uh, with heavy cooperation and encouragement from the KKK. Why? They wanted to dilute any possibility that immigrants, that racial minorities, and religious minorities might have on jury verdicts. They were especially concerned about the influence of Catholics and Jews voting on juries. So the basis for the use of this rule is clearly racist, anti-Jewish, anti-Catholic, Um, It is an effort to keep juries and their operation white. So it was well past time to get rid of this. Um, And the U.S. Supreme Court has finally done it. Now, one unresolved question here is whether the application of this ruling will be retroactive. For any criminal verdict that is still on appeal in the system uh, in Oregon uh, or in Louisiana that came up through a non-unanimous process, uh, this is clearly an issue and it's going to result in a new trial. But there are hundreds of people, uh, the Oregon Attorney General's office estimated maybe as many as thousands of people in Oregon uh, who were convicted with non-unanimous verdicts uh, whose appeals have run out. And the question is whether this ruling will apply to them or not. The court did not make that clear, uh, didn't give us any guidance, and that will have to be fought out in the next few years through the lower courts and maybe even back to the Supreme Court. One last thing to mention here, uh, it was clear that there was a subtext going on here. There was a there was a real struggle going on behind the scenes, not very well hidden, actually, over something uh, other than the result in this case, and that was the role of precedent. Probably most criminal injustice listeners know uh, the rule of stare decisis, or the respect for precedent. When something is settled in the law, courts are supposed to not go the other way, to respect that precedent if it is well-reasoned and solid. In this case, of course, the court threw out a precedent from 1972. And this sparked real disagreement amongst some of the justices about whether they were lowering the bar on respecting precedent. Now, why is that important? And why did it result in a bizarre set of ancillary opinions uniting Justice Alito and Justice Kagan, of all people. Talk about strange bedfellows, because what's going on here is an argument that is a prelude to any reconsideration of Roe versus Wade. Eventually, 
the abortion question will make its way back to the Supreme Court, as so many people have predicted, myself included, and eventually the question of whether Roe is considered settled precedent that should not be challenged or whether it should be ripped out root and branch as a number of the members of the conservative majority believe it should be, this is all going to come down to how strongly we respect precedent. Thus, the argument between the justices uh, in the Ramos case is not just about Ramos. It's about many other kinds of cases and maybe some that nobody thought of when they were thinking about unanimous juries. That's it. That's our new Supreme Court case, Ramos versus Louisiana, uh, decided by the U.S. Supreme Court on April 20th. No more non-unanimous criminal jury verdicts. We'll always be here to tell you about new Supreme Court cases that impact the criminal side of the law every time they come out. We'll also be here to give you all of our news features and bonuses. All of that's on our website. That's criminalinjusticepodcast.com. And you'll also find there all of our interviews with the most interesting and incisive guests on the criminal justice beat. We're a member-supported news outlet now. Go to patreon.com slash criminalinjustice to join with us for the best information out there in the criminal justice world. I am David Harris. I'll be back with you next time. Criminal Injustice is written by David Harris and produced by Josh Rollerson. Find show notes and past episodes at criminalinjusticepodcast.com.